It's reporters assemble. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, you heard it. It's Friday, so you know the sports reporters. We have indeed assembled as we do every Friday on the Chase Thomas podcast. Or you can email us at chasetomaspodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions for the sports renaissance men, who include Bob Silverman of the Daily Beast. Bob, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Also joining us from the Detroit Free Press, Andrew Hammond. Andrew, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Aloha. I'm doing good. It's raining right now. So Mm. uh, just a heads up, if I go off the grid... Uh, that means that uh, power went out because we like. I think Chase, you would understand. Mm-hmm. Bob, you wouldn't because you know you aren't from the Midwest or you haven't been in the Midwest. Midwestern lightning storms and thunderstorms are intense mm. and just super intense because you know one wide open space is so like one lightning strike can just go, you know. It will rattle a nice, you know, whatever mile radius it it, it, it carries. So yeah, uh, been dealing with that, trying to get acquainted with that again. But no, other than that, pretty good. I actually, when I was out in uh, I was out in Ohio to visit some of my friends of mine at school, I got we got we we stumbled upon like the edges of a hurricane, and that was very intense. So oh, I have those are not friends. fun. Those like I'd. It, so I've never been in a hurricane, but mm. like having like the outer, like being on the outer rim or like the remnants of a hurricane. Right. We were just, it we were, sounds we were, terrible. We were, oh, it's just, it was terrifying. We just watched this guy go from zero to pitch black in seemingly a matter of seconds. And there was a light drizzle where we were. It wasn't even really raining, but we could see the actual funnel from where we were parked and we sort of oh, watched wow. it for a while yeah and then we said okay time to drive away from here now but it was very intense so your east coast biases notwithstanding yes i do have some <laughs> idea about what might happen if it rains a lot in detroit and your power goes out there's yeah it's, it's not fun and yeah so like detroit has had like some really bad flooding in metropolitan areas anyway so yeah, um, thankfully, I, I do not have to deal with that, but I definitely feel bad for my uh, D-Town uh, brothers and sisters. There you go. And shout out to Henri, named after me, the latest hurricane in the Northeast. Good name. Not what I actually go by, but the legal name is Henry for me, for, for the folks. Really? Curious. Yeah. Henry Thomas. Correct. Huh. I'm already regretting telling you this. That's a nice handle, Henry Thomas. Oh, you like it more than Chase Thomas? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Henry Thomas, sorry, I was um, answering a text, what? Henry Thomas is my, or Henry is my real first name. Okay, that's fine. Is that's Andrew cool. your first name? No, my first name is actually Steven. Oh, uh, wow, we're learning all yeah. kinds of stuff. So, okay, wow. so my dad and I have the same first name, but just different middle names. And so to cut the confusion, everybody just calls me Andrew. Um, like if somebody were to call me Steve, like in, in basically everything from elementary school to college, legally I would put, you know, put down Steven. And so people would, you know, Steven, 
Steve, and I'm just really going around like, Mr. Hammond, yeah, I'm here. Uh, sorry, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, and if you guys want to make Stephen A. jokes, that's cool. I'll just leave the podcast immediately. No, I didn't even no, think I about that. Do that. Henry might have, but I didn't want to. <laughs> I, I, I knew Bob was going to just call me Henry from here on out. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, that's what's happening. Okay. Do they call you Hank? Oh, yeah. I, I hate Hank all this. Hank Thomas! <laughs> Hank Th- the, the Hank Thomas podcast actually sounds like either one, a uh, moderate Republican podcast, two, a... Yeah, it's, it's got a real, like, driving around with mirrored, like, sunglasses in a pickup. And oh, oh, damn. Uh, I wasn't going to go there, but yeah, it kind of does. Like, yeah. uh, like, like a home renovation podcast, which I'd actually listen to. So, you know, there was there was a, my theory about why there are so many dudes recording, you know, Periscope videos and whatnot from their car, and why that's become such a meme is because that is a man's safe space. A man driving around in his car, for one, it's probably got more soundproofing than their living room or another part of their home, whether they're divorced or not, and two, they feel private taken care of, comfortable, and respected within the confines of that car. I understand that. Com- I understand why they're doing it from that location completely. Or at least I feel like I do. I could be totally wrong. This is wild. What, what rabbit hole are we going down right now? I'm uh, just wondering, are you, are you, were you named after the actor Henry Thomas, who was the kid lead in the movie E.T.? I no, but just, people do tell me about that. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to be that guy. No, I'm, I'm named after my grandfather. So my first name is after my grandfather, my late grandfather, and the middle name is actually my great grandfather. So my middle name's not Chase either. What's your middle what? name? I know this is what makes it even more complicated. What is your middle name? Charles. What's in the box. Henry Charles Thomas. Mm-hmm. It's a solid American name. That's so where the hell did it. Chase come from? So my parents you never know. they never had any interest in calling me either of those names. They just wanted to name me after my grandfather and great-grandfather and they did not know a chase growing up so they called me chase from the outset so they wanted to call me something different that no one else was referred to as at at the time but they wanted to still have my legal name be after them my nephew is actually his official his we call him rocky his name is rocky his the name on his birth certificate is not rocky it is gideon because I don't know. My my sister is worried about him having to fill out a job application, and, and if people see Rocky, they might think less of him, or he might not like it when he gets older. In any case, his middle name is Rocky. Why they decided to call him Rocky, I don't know. We can just we'll we'll bring my <laughs> sister on the pod, and she can discuss it later. But it is certainly not the name on his birth certificate, which is Gideon, which I'm not exactly thrilled about either. But that's fine. Mm. In any case, yeah, so I get the whole chase thing. That makes some sort of kind of... Well, the problem is, like, in my adult life, and really when I started working and stuff, when people would see my middle name start with a C, some stuff would just assume that my legal name was Chase, not Charles, so they would do my paperwork incorrectly. So, like, Mm -hmm. that's happened before, where companies just assume that Henry C, when I'm signing my name and doing stuff, that Henry C is Henry Chase. So that's a different person entirely. So that did anyone ever call you High C or anything like? that? No, that was that was not not a common thing. That's a ten, that's you know Chase. Let's just Bob. Boom, Bob. <laughs> Boom. Sorry. 
Um, but shout out to dogs, Bob. So, Andrew, you saw the the text thread with the 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 bo- the the Max in the back. I did in the backpack. So adorable. Max is a cute a re- dog. He's a he's a real freaking muppet. I'll tell you. He that. really looks Very like a muppet. Big. Yeah. Um, Max is good. We uh, what I've been told from other uh, uh, people on the internet is that this breed is actually also in addition to everything else is is very prone this is a cocker poodle which my girlfriend and I adopted is is very prone to thinking it's much bigger than other dogs and this is something I've noticed while taking him for walks if another dog passes he just freezes until the other dog either walks away or approaches him in a submissive kind of pose but i have to be very careful because eventually he's going to walk past an actual big frightening dog that could just bite him in half but he doesn't seem to know that he thinks he's a big badass it's not true there you go there you go this has been dog and name talk all right which naturally leads us to which nfl quarterback battle has been the most fascinating for you all let's start with andrew which uh is it Jameis beating out Taysom in new orleans is it jimmy garoppolo and trey lance fields and dalton who have you enjoyed it's the most fields and dalton and it's not even close <laughs> mm. based on the sheer hilarity of one like eventually justin fields is going to be the guy in chicago like once again you don't you don't trade up in the draft for a guy that you're going to sit, you know, like that's going to be sitting, you know, in October. Like you, you don't do that. I get that you bring in Andy Dalton for some veteran leadership and some veteran help in the QB room. Some other teams could have done that. Hi, Dallas Cowboys. Um, so they got yeah, Garrett Gilbert. I, They're fine. SMU legend Garrett Gilbert, former Texas national championship quarterback De- De- loser not, Garrett uh, Gilbert j- j- just a sidebar on the Cowboys mm. since I'm since it pisses me off thinking about <laughs> it uh yeah you're telling me that you can't bring in a veteran quarterback I like look I get you want to have I, Dak I, I, I will Venmo guy. either of you three dollars if you can name them the Jets backup quarterback Ooh, uh Brooks Wallinger no hold on let me do this um, you get one guess. You can't just name Jim Sorgi. Hold on, I no. get one real guess. You get one real guess, and you can't Google. Okay, uh, okay. okay. So I you promise. Chase, Chase, you go first. Uh, what? Uh, uh, I should know this. I should know this. It's somewhat. I know the Jets QB room is a joke behind Zach Wilson, and it's weird because I was just in the AFC's preview this week on the pod. So I looked at this. Oh no! Who is it? Um. Not Matt Sims. Not Matt Sims. Um, I don't know. Crap. I really don't know off the top of my head. I'm not going to guess All it. right. I'll give you a, you're, yeah. You've already lost out on the $3, but I'll give you a hint. Mm-hmm. The White Lotus. I'm only three episodes in. Does that help? Yeah, it does. It doesn't matter how many episodes you've watched. I haven't watched it yet. Oh. So just give it's, me the it's good damn answer. It's good at making fun of a particular phylum of rich people. It's, it's quite. It's it. You will you will recognize most categories of awful rich people. It's not. It's fun. It's a fun. Wait, thing. is it Josh Johnson? What does that have to do with the White Lotus? No, I'm thinking about the list. Is it Josh it's Johnson? Not, 
It's not Josh Johnson. They brought him in, but it's, he's not the backup. Okay, see, I remember him coming in. It's um, Mike White! Oh! Uh... Mike White, also the writer and director of The White Lotus, famed for such films as Chuck and Buck and School of Rock, not related to the Jets' current backup quarterback, Mike so, White! Who is so Mike is, White? Is, Andrew, was yeah, he a college guy? I have guy? no idea who Mike White is, but he's the Jets' backup quarterback. Andrew, I don't remember Mike White at all. Do you know who that is? I, I was going to say, is that like a... A northeastern university type. You can you can start googling now. I don't know any more about him other than his name is Mike White, and he is not. He played at South Carolina or South Florida and Western Kentucky. Okay, that's that's what it is here. Okay, wow. Uh, okay, I yeah, have I no memory like of this person in college. Or I, I thought yeah. he was like one of those he's, he's got a, he's got a real like that... Delaware hen kind of vibe about him. Delaware, yeah, <laughs> one of those guys that they picked up, you know, in the like fifth or sixth <laughs> round that you're because there's always they a have that guy. Also, it's James Morgan who is the other guy uh, that they drafted. Okay, so so the, that's who I was thinking. But when you said Mike White, that's who I was actually thinking about. Where it's like, wait a minute, didn't they be? It's not like the whole Tom Brady thing where you pick a guy up and, like, I'm talking about a guy like you haven't heard of, and some team drafts him, and they're like, yeah, he's going to be a backup, or he's going to sit for a few years. And you're like, I... The, the I've sons of Matt Flynn is what you're Yeah, it's like, I've, I've watched enough college to know, like, i watched enough college to know who Matt Flynn is, but it's like, there's always a handful of guys that are are on a two deep and you're like wait a minute i don't remember that guy playing in college at all but then you realize he played at like charleston or or one of these <laughs> other schools that's on that's on like espn you know plus two three times a year and you're like oh oh good for him congratulations um but yeah no uh but back to the back to the, <laughs> back bears. To the bears uh yeah so yeah adam gase and uh, and the GM there, Ryan Pace, look, I get it. I totally get why you stick with Andy Dalton. Wait, but, why? Well, Fields is going to die. Jason Peters is starting at left tackle. Um, the Bears offensive line's really, the, really yeah, bad. Okay, so, bad. so you're just delaying the inevitable? He'll I wouldn't die. play him this year. I don't think they – no, he'll play this year. He, he will play this year, but I wouldn't. I would not put him behind this offensive line. I think Nagy's going to get fired. Like, it's it's what a happened? lot of what bad happened? juju, though. I don't, I don't know if he gets fired. I, I, think that, I think they want to pull the trigger. I think they are going to pull the trigger, but it's definitely one of those things where it's like, Andy – we are going. We are going to give you every opportunity in the world to lock up this job. And I would say, if he doesn't have it locked up by the second week of the season, he's yeah. You've got to make the move. But, yeah, but you you look in this not to go uh, in the current iteration of the NFL with the salary cap structure being as it is, you cannot afford a red shirt year for a high for a highly picked quarterback. Mm-hmm. You just can't. You're pissing away too much salary cap value to say, well, Tevin Jenkins, which I just Googled and discovered, is evidently already dead. So we have no offensive line, and uh, we're just going to let Andy Dalton get his teeth punched in for a couple of games first. But you're, you're basically saying we are, we're de facto tanking this year. But you cannot 
I don't think the NFL allows for that, like, you know, the whole myth of, like, well, a rookie quarterback should sit for five years and learn. Like, nobody sits for a year now who's particularly good. Nobody does. Uh, I will give you one. Okay. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's not like he didn't sit the entire year, but he sat a majority of the year and then played, what was it? And then played, what, the last two games of the season, I want to say. And then they went to the playoff. And, yeah, we we aren't going to talk about that playoff game if you're a Chiefs fan. Yeah, that's the game we don't talk about at, uh, at parties. <laughs> okay, yeah, but, I, okay, Mahomes was, if I'm remembering correctly, the whole point about it was that Mahomes was just way too raw to be thrown into the well it was also they were ready to win now and alex smith was good enough to win now like they were a really really good team that was the other part of it it was and it was definitely one of those things where it's like alex smith knew okay this guy is going to be next so into alex smith's credit what he did was he helped patrick along the way andy dalton still thinks he has another two three years in him which does he no, but <laughs> I, you know what? If he was if he was in a different situation, I would say otherwise. I.e., if he was a Jet, fine, go for it. But again, Mike White. So yeah, yeah well, yeah, of course. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's if he was in another situation, I could. I'm not saying that I'd buy it, but I'm like, you know what? Okay, makes makes sense. But this situation, nah. Mm-mm. Nope. 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 Hmm. My favorite is Josh Rosen versus Matt Ryan. No. Um. Oh, poor Josh Rosen. <laughs> I don't poor Josh Rosen him anymore. Like at this point, with Shanahan, with everywhere he's been, there's just it's not gonna work. Like at this point, it's like there's something that we don't see where he's just like, it, it's just he's just bad. Like that dude was just gonna be bad wherever he I- was. Um, I think we're at that point with him, but I just, when we talk about these quarterback battles, I think New Orleans is going to be fascinating because did y'all watch the bombs that Jameis was dropping? In that's, that game? that's what that, he always does. Look, Jameis always going to take, he took shots against the second team defense. Like Jameis Winston can, will, will like, is, will do the exact same thing. I think we're pretty well acquainted with what James Winston is and, and is not. Well, this, this is point. year two with Sean Payton. Like, he re-signed oh, with him. Oh, oh, okay. Oh. I am not saying I believe it. I am saying there is always the possibility. The pedigree is there. Like, I remember reading the quotes about Saban when he was watching Jameis. And, like, Jameis is still, he does a lot of the weird stuff. Um, the weird hip things and everything he does before, like the the arm wheel he was doing before that game on Monday night, but the the bucket bombs that he drops to Marquez Callaway, shout out to Callaway. But I I don't know. I like the Saints are just so hard to read, and also one of the things that helps him is they still have an elite offensive line. They locked up uh, Taron Armstead and Ryan Ramzik on the tackle spots. You still have Kamara as your safety net. That's one of the best safety nets in football. Still have Mike Thomas. Still, <laughs> Mike Thomas is out till November, man. Come on. Yeah, I mean, Mike. Is that reported? On. That's I. I read that on the internet. I know he's out for a while. He's I out for a while. I didn't think it was November. But yeah. at the same time, does Mike Thomas want to be there? He doesn't have to want to be there. Julio Jones didn't want to be in Atlanta last year, and he was still putting up numbers. Um, 
guys no, will put that's, up numbers if they want to get paid. Like they'll they'll do it. Um, also, uh, you mentioned Jameis throwing the football really really well. I don't know if you guys remember this, Chase. You might remember it. Mm-hmm. Remember his debut against Pitt when he was at Florida State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just and he was just throwing absolute bombs like that. And look, I get college and pro are different, and you know you progress skill wise. But if that James, if the Jameis that was at Florida State that could that won a national title, ball, like nobody's business, look out. Yeah, because he's going to get what did he throw 30 interceptions? Well, that's what I'm saying is I don't think Peyton's going to allow him to do that. Like, I don't think. Oh, oh, he won't allow him. Well, yeah, there's a very different thing between Bruce Arian style of go deep and just see what happens. Like the Bruce Arian style is very, very different than the Sean Payton, Duke and Dunk stuff. Bruce Arian set up Jameis Winston to fail, but um... you are saying that. Well, also it was Dirk Cutter more than even. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Well, Dirk Cutter does it like Dirk Cutter has this experience of doing this, but like by and large, Jameis has not been in a system where like he's going to be limited and they're going to be like, no. Like, okay, look, Michael Thomas is not entirely healthy, whether or not thing I read on the Internet that said he would be out till November in preparation for my fantasy draft uh, (laughs) is accurate. Uh, Who else are the like? I think Traquan Smith is also out. He's got he's got a good offensive line and he's got Kamara. That's little jordan humphrey texas legend oh (laughs) okay i mean i mean alvin kamara is more than like you can survive for a while just force feeding alvin kamara with the usage that he's gonna get um traquan smith i think will be fine but marquez calloway is good as someone who's watched a lot of marquez calloway in my life that uh he's a good player he'll be Mm. fine tennessee legend marquez calloway um also from volunteer yeah, he is a volunteer. The, the best players are, I don't know if you knew, like Cordell Patterson, Justin Hunter, Alvin Kamara, who is now on the billboard outside of Neyland. Did you know that, Andrew? Um, you know, it's fascinating that he is, given the way that he left. Um, it's all about yeah, no, recruiting. It's... We have nobody we can of put course. up recently where people are like, oh, yeah, come to Tennessee because of player X becoming, and it's like, no, yeah. Kamara is Jer- the number one. Jarrett Jer- Jer- Garantano... Um, Still, I believe, still in college. Um, he is. He's at Washington State, where he is losing the quarterback right. battle. Washington State quarterback battle. Huh? Now, now you know <laughs> it's signs that the uh, that the college football season is near because Washington State can't decide which guy is going to throw for over uh, five thousand yards. They also shouldn't have their current coach. Nick Rolovich should have been no, let go. They should not. He should he should have been fired absolutely. I don't know if you knew if you've been keeping up with the Cougs and their coaching issues. I, I have been I have been keeping up with yeah the, with the backs hesitant Washington Cougars head coach. Yes, I have. Well, guys, let's move. Well, actually, let's take a that's quick... an important sports story that I have to know about. It's my yeah. It's important. It's important. All right. Well, we're gonna pause real quick. That's, for... that's the really funny thing. Okay, mm. before we get to the commercial break, the really <laughs> funny thing is in my extensive preparations, mm. i.e., I read a couple of blogs uh, for my for, for my fantasy drafts. I now have to consider which players are vaccine hesitant and therefore likely to oh, miss a couple of games. Yes, same. How many quarterbacks like, did you find? Well, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Sam Darnold. 
Zach Wilson. Is that enough guys to take off your board? That's a lot, but Lamar, like, could you get it again? Like, he's already had it, what, yes. twice? He's had no. it twice. He's had it twice, which is crazy because <laughs> I know people who have had COVID twice, and I don't know what it is, but the two people I know that have had it twice haven't, like, it hasn't clicked yet. So hearing Lamar Jackson basically say, yeah, you know, I'll continue to do my research. Dumbass, you've got COVID twice. I mean, like, and we, you have to win drafting Lamar Jackson. Again, priorities, people. When considering whether to take Lamar Jackson in, like, the third round, you have to think to yourself, well, I wonder if there'll be any lingering side effects from, like, him being a two-time COVID winner. And, and like, that's just not – that's taking some of the escapist fun out of fantasy sports for me, if I'm being Agreed. honest. We're going to pause real quick for a message from our sponsors. All right, we're back on the Chase Jones Podcast, the Sports Reporters edition of the podcast here on this Friday afternoon where I'm still joined by Robert Silverman of the Daily Beast and Andrew Hammond of the Detroit Free Press. Uh, Bob, there was an NBA trade today. Lori Markkinen. Yeah, I am baffled by this trade. First of all, can I just say, it's a little weird to me that you got America's Frontline Doctors to sponsor the Jay Thomas podcast. You know, look, whatever advertising dollars you can get and, you know, uh-huh. maybe some of your listeners are into horse paste. Why not? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, am, I am really... Look, Lori Markkinen is... Uh, I mean, I guess there is value in having a, a C-plus version of Kristaps Porzingis on the roster, but I am very confused by this Cavaliers trade. For one, they gave up Larry Nance Jr., who is legitimately useful, and they like, and they now have—I I forget who put it. Someone, it's either Kirk Henderson or, or Colin McGowan put it on Twitter. One of them did, and they put it well. They got like. $160 million in contracts invested in, like, depressed white guys to keep Evan Mobley from succeeding. I am very confused by this. They've got, like, look, let's say that Laurie Markkinen turns into the best version of him, which is, you know, a 28-score, uh, definite floor spreader with a more diverse offensive game, a legit offensive weapon, if not much of a defender or rim protector. That's a valuable player to have on the roster. You could question whether you'd want to pay $17 million a year for that, but okay. <laughs> you can't really... Pl- if, you're, if you're thinking that Mobley will mature enough and develop enough strength to play with center, you have now just minimized Jared Allen, the rim-running center who you spent $100 million on. For the next four years, I can't stop laughing. If you, if you, and if you think that, and and if you think that, like, if the point was to play like Allen and Mobley together till Mobley gets strong enough in four years, where are you going to find time for this like large poor man's Kristaps that you just signed? Let alone like Kevin Love still sort of being depressed and hanging around the end of the bench. Who in I theory, was going like, to say same time, Bob, I was going to say, this is Kevin. This is the husk of Kevin love erasure that you were, that you were doing. But then you finally, I'm, you I'm finally assuming they're going to buy him out. Even if they do, it doesn't make any sense. At it all. doesn't make a damn bit of sense. And 
I'm sorry, Lowry Markinen had probably one of the. I'm not saying he, he had one bad. of the worst. I'm not saying he had one of the worst contracts in the league, but it was definitely kind of like, hey, who wants this? Uh, this Sega Genesis that's busted in half, and the, <laughs> and the Cavs are like, screw it, give them to us. We will give assets up to get a and considerably you, you, worse, more expensive player. It's very weird. A, did you see the real GM story on basically how the how people are like kind of fleecing the Cavs? Like it's Ugh. pretty much well known that people are just going to start fleecing the Cavs. Maybe Colby Altman isn't good at his job. He's not. He's... I am so confused by it. Well, hold like, on. What? To be cl- like, in fairness, okay. their eight nine man rotation is good. Like this eight. No. Man- yes. No. Yes. Yes. No. It is. If everything's healthy, Jared Allen, Kevin Love, Evan Mobley, <laughs> um, Laurie Markkinen. Who will yeah. probably split just, time between the four and the five? The whole plane out of power forward. Well, hold on, hold on. Isaac Okoro is a really good defender. Like him a lot. You have, yeah. you have. Hold on, hold on, Bob. You still have Darius Garland, who looked a lot better last year. He's going to be a really good shooter sure. in this league. I think they just have one more, one more move to make, which is flipping Colin Sexton for a veteran wing guy. If they flip <laughs> Colin Sexton, which I think they should do, I, right. I don't hate this. I don't I'm hate what they're trying to do. I understand no, it. The first four guys you named, none of them fit well together. And even if the, all four well, of them... Well, you stagger play, the first four. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you're going to oh, stagger you just, them. You just, you just play... You just stagger them. That's how you do Kevin Love's going to miss I'm, a lot of time. And Laurie Markkinen's going to get a lot of starts at the four. And you don't have to rush Mobley into these situations. You can see if Mobley can play the three. Because that has been rumored. No, he, he can't play the three. Uh, no. If you read draft boards, people are wondering if he can play the three. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll check out 4chan and see what they <laughs> think about Evan Mobley playing the three. <laughs> no, he it can't It shouldn't have been that three. funny, Bob. It shouldn't have been that funny, damn it. They, <laughs> they were look, interested in look, Josh Hart. The game FAQ's message board has some very interesting takes on, <laughs> on this, which is that maybe Evan Mobley can... No, he can't. No. Okay. No. All I'm saying is I think they still have one more move. I will be surprised if they don't add somebody like a Josh Hart to fill out the, the wing depth. Josh Hart, fine. No, 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 what I'm saying is somebody like Josh Hart because they were rumored to be there, looking there, to sign there is no, some, there's, there's nobody. The cupboard is bare. It's not what bare. What, you're talking about in Cleveland? Yes. Josh Hart doesn't deserve that. Like, I get what you're saying, Chase. Josh Hart is like, back in New Orleans. It's fine. He doesn't... He, no, I mean, you have Eric Gordon sitting there in Houston. You have... Uh, so you're going to trade for another undersized guard? Who can score? You need some scoring. They're Like, where Cleveland right. is right now is where Atlanta was last year. Except that, they don't have anyone... But I, but that, I trust... so not true at all. What I am saying, I Bob, is there is so much pressure because if Kobe Altman does not get this group into the postseason this year uh-huh. he's gone jimmy bickerstaff is gone the same was Dude. true for lloyd pierce and travis schlink last year the reason yeah, travis but, schlink spent but, as but much Atlanta, as he did and you know this being a being a vile hawks fan mm. the last year before they got good mm-hmm. the hawks still had three players all of whom are better than anyone on the current Cavs. oh that's not true all, who are you also, saying are who are you, you saying are the three John Collins, Clint Capella, and Trey Young. John Collins That's is not better bad. than Darius Garland. 
It's not Ooh, true. Yes, he uh, is. No. Yeah, he, he Chase, he is. He's not. Yes, he Darius Garland was good last Darius year. Darius Garland Chase, is an is. undersized shoot first point guard who cannot defend his who who will get who will get who will be more just as much of a liability on defense as Trey Young without the passing acumen or the shooting skill. But you're also missing my broader point, which is it was more about the management ownership situation which is I, I think, i'm not telling them that they need like needing to go for it as a mandate lest all these people lose their jobs is not a real pressure on this organization what i'm making fun of is the way in which they are going about it mm. which is bad like look if, if cleveland had thrown had thrown a bunch of assets at philly for like if they had made an offer of like sexton love nance Nakoro for Ben Simmons, that I would think would be interesting and a go for it move. Hmm. Okay. We'll see. We'll uh, see what not happens. Ben Simmons like might not pout his way out of Cleveland eventually, but like, okay. You're not that. getting Ben Simmons. Who someone's gonna get Ben Simmons. It's not, not gonna be Cleveland. Why why couldn't it be Cleveland? Well, I don't think Daryl Morey is interested in their assets. Like Daryl Morey, if you look at what he's asking, like I don't think he's gonna settle for them. Uh, right. So who, I'm just saying who, like who is trading for Lori Markinen. I mean the right Lori trade Markkinen. for for Portland I mean the, is Ben Simmons. Like Lillard for Simmons is the most logical one that That sounds so no. awful. No, you're not getting Lillard for Simmons because one is better than the other. You're not doing that. That's making I mean, if you're Philly, you're doing that. But Portland... Honestly, Chauncey could... I mean, Ben Simmons could use somebody like Chauncey. I will say because he needs somebody that's going to kick him in the in the butt. Well, also, is he Doc, can just go Doc and hide Rivers out. Is not capable of butt kicking? Is that beyond his skill set? I feel like he could do that. Who? Doc. No, I... So, here's... I will... I can't believe I'm actually doing this. I will defend Doc Rivers. When it... Right. Came, when it came to the whole thing with Ben Simmons, I think Doc was in the I'm coaching the Celtics, I'm coaching the Clippers, where it's it's going to be the vets that are basically gonna take Ben Simmons aside and if they gotta yell at him in a in a film session or in a practice, basically to get his head on straight and like, dude, you are capable of so much more. Stop being a punk. Like like it's, I, I, I had there's no nobody idea. on that roster that did that. There's nobody. You don't have a PJ. I feel Tucker. like I feel like it's not a tough love problem with Ben Simmons. I feel like it's a he can't score. And it's that's a, a, it's, it's 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 mental thing. love. Like it's Is absolutely it? mental. Yes, the dude literally passed up. What was it a dunk or a layup? Would have gotten fouled. Can't go the free throw line and. Who on that team is going to sit there and go, you know, like just basically give him to the come, give him the come to Jesus meeting that is very long. This is not to me. It's not a question. Like, does he have the yips a little bit? Maybe. But I don't know if I don't know if like, you know, taking him to the woodshed is the way to cure the problem. Uh, I just think he's not very good yet at offense. At shooting and scoring the ball. That's a problem. Not all players can develop those skills. They're not it's not just a question of grit and hard work and and, and all that. I don't know. I mean look, 
Philly has to trade him because, like, even a peak version of Simmons doesn't work really well with Embiid. So they have to trade him. But, eh. I mean, look, the the, the, the thing that I remember people saying out of Simmons when he was coming out of LSU was, best case scenario, he's like a 6'11 Rajon Rondo. And I think that's still entirely true. And that can be a very valuable player. But you just have to know that he's a 6'11 Rajon Rondo. Hmm. I've stunned you both into silence with my calm. I just think that's the worst case scenario for Ben Simmons. Like he's still like if he div- gets over the mental stuff, like he's the second or third best player in I basketball don't immediately. Think it's necessarily mental. I think he's no. We see the shooting basketball. in practice. We see the shooting oh, with what he's doing. God, are you, like are you look, are you referring to like 4chan message boards to assert that Evan Mobley can play small forward <laughs> is really a close second in terms of specious arguments to look i've seen the highlight videos man they were no what i'm saying is like that he has it who hold it drew hanlon posted some and he's shooting really well Mm -hmm. that mix is entirely not cut and pasted of like the three shots he made in a pickup game come Mm -hmm. on i don't know i think there's still something there there's just still too much talent like benjamin's is still just too talented um, but we'll at see. At the things he's talented at, at being a multi, at a guy who can defend one through five, which is very rare, at you know running an offense and you know especially in transition, yeah, he is incredibly talented at those things. He is bad at two or three other very important things, which during the regular season you can pretty much paper over, but in the playoffs, other teams will exploit that. You could say he's only, what is he now, 24, 23, 24. I don't know. He's young. He's got to be older than 23. There's no way he's only 23. He came out at 19. I don't think he's much older than that. He's like 25. Hold on. What is he, Andrew? What is he? Um, He is Yeah, 25. Yes. He just turned 25 a month ago. Boom. Chase Thomas, the basketball guy. They call me. We call you Hank Thomas the basketball. <laughs> Hank Thomas sounds like a guy who runs a basketball camp. <laughs> I hate this. No more. We're not going down the Hank Thomas rabbit hole. Questionable allegations. I, I hate all of this. Um, Andrew, because Bob is, uh, we we gotta we gotta settle Bob down. So you know what it's time for the college oh, football okay. minute on the Chase Thomas all right. podcast. Time to get some coffee. And <laughs> happy Scott Frost Day to everybody who. Uh, <laughs> Who uh, who celebrates? Mm-hmm. What are you What are you most looking forward to on uh, the noon kickoff between Nebraska and the Illinois Fighting Illini? Bruce or Bruce? I was going to say Bruce Feldman. Uh, Brett, Brett Bielema oh, making his God, return I, to the big Scott Frost under I'm some scrutiny. That, I'm not. I'm not saying that they that they had to open up with this game. But they could have picked something else. Um, because you have a Nebraska team. I, quite frankly, I have Nebraska barely getting into a bowl this year at 6-6. Six and six. I, th- I think there's enough decent pieces there that they will kind of, you know, put their way to, 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 to a, to a six-win season. Illinois is going to be bad. Um, Illinois is going to be bad for – a few years and mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, they're gonna be bad for a few Brett years. Bielma, that man knows the Big Ten. He doesn't really like it didn't work at Arkansas, but 
but like his style but, works well, in the Big Ten. No. It doesn't work in the SEC. I, here's the thing: the style that he that worked at Wisconsin that worked at Arkansas. I don't know if it's actually going to work in the Big Ten, mainly because everything else is evolving. Like it, Brett Bilma jumped at the height of you know the intellectual brutality era of college football where you know while people were going spread and air raid a lot of teams were having success with with the power run game he did that at arkansas awesome great you have all these weapons and pieces around you and what did you do with it uh you kind of wasted a top 10 team and didn't do much now you're at Illinois, which I, you can you can bring in all the. It's not like Illinois is starved for talent in terms of that state and that region. You can get kids there. The issue is, are they going to be good enough? Because I'm looking around the conference, and aside from Purdue and Michigan State. Who who are they going to beat? Who do they have a chance to to beat on a consistent basis? Maybe you clip Nebraska in the first game of the season. I think they cover the spread seven going into this. Do you have them covering? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, yeah, because because one, it's the first game of the season. I would be shocked if Nebraska won this game by more than ten points. Um, just because we we really don't know what this Nebraska team is going to look like. Like, Illinois, you have an idea, but we really don't know about Nebraska. Um, are we doing our college football playoff picks this week or next week? I mean, we got college football starting this weekend, and then Tennessee will already be 1-0 and the next time we record. I didn't know if we were doing it this weekend or next weekend because, oh, boy, um, I get, give me your top four. Like, give me your give me your preseason. Well, prediction. on my SEC preview last night with Matt Green, the people can check out on the speed. We did our SEC preview and our predictions. Like, I have Florida and A and M in the SEC title game, and I have Texas A and M winning. You know, I have I have Alabama winning the league, but I think they're going to lose a game. Their schedule is brutal. Like, this they're, is a rough schedule. Still, you know, but you know what? It's brutal for Alabama standards. Mm-hmm. It's brutal because, I, I, quite frankly, I don't think it's actually that bad. But if if you're a team that's replacing generational talents and you're replacing a lot of guys and you're bringing in a new quarterback, yeah, it's tough. Um, at Florida, I I don't trust Florida all the way. But I think if I did have my playoff for right now Oklahoma because I, I think Oklahoma is in my four I think this is the year Oklahoma does it and yeah uh, we can replay this when when they eventually bite the dust to like Baylor or TCU so Oklahoma I've got Oregon sneaking oh, no, in no thanks Anthony Brown sneaking in no nah, they're not even winning the Pac-12 no no no, no. ooh they I, you better not say who I think you're going to say is winning the Pac-12. But I have Washington winning the Pac-12. See, that's the thing. I don't think Washington is. If Washington can actually, they have should have been the game last year. They got canceled. 
Yeah, I get it, but I don't. I don't trust Washington. You I should. Just, Jimmy Lake's I legit. That group's I legit. I don't trust Washington in terms of their offense. I think defensively they're going to be fine. It's the offense that I worry about. Um, consistency, i.e., look at the Utah game. Um, mm-hmm. But that's Utah. Utah's great. They're a top four Pac-12 yeah, team too. No, no, no. absolutely. Uh, so I would put because I think Oregon's gonna clip Ohio State in the shoe. Um, so I've got Oklahoma, Oregon, Georgia. No, yeah, yeah, so uh, no. And, Come on. And and the third and the fourth team I'm putting in because I think Ohio State will not get in mm-hmm. Clemson a oh yeah Clemson loss, for sure a, a one loss Clemson uh, that uh, that sneaks in that basically backdoors their way in like the, so who are your the, four Oklahoma uh-huh. Oregon Georgia Clemson okay and who do you have so, winning the yeah. national title oh god Oklahoma oh my goodness I, I think oh my is, goodness I okay I hate it too. I well, I don't hate it. Once it's again, bold though. I th- I think they're we are due for somebody backdooring their way in because of a late season slide or somebody losing. Like it's there's way too many teams fighting at the top that mm-hmm. that's going to happen somewhere along the line. Yeah. I have Clemson, Oklahoma. Um Texas A&M and Wisconsin. I like the Wisconsin pick. And I think Clemson wins. Here's my question about Wisconsin. Will Shipley's going to be a monster. Yeah. Um, The only question I have about Wisconsin is, Mm -hmm. can you, and I'm not saying that they're going to, you know, that their schedule is, easy it's not easy at all it's actually pretty damn tough for a, mm-hmm. for for a team that could you know reach the playoff can you sustain that first real haymaker from one of the big boys say you know if they play i don't know if they play ohio state during the season but they do if not they play yeah so if they play a penn state or if they mm-hmm. play a michigan or if they play they open with penn state yeah so like it, You've got to sustain those blows because Notre Dame. You know, well, this is important. Like Chicago. they get Michigan and Penn State at home. Yeah, and, and they avoid Ohio State. They get Iowa at home, who has the best odds of winning the the West. If it's not Wisconsin, they get Northwestern at home. Yeah. Like so their schedule is nice. Like the 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 path is there. My thing is, can you sustain those blows? Because the one thing that every non-Ohio State playoff team has struggled with is dealing with the knockout blows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and dealing with, like Michigan State took Ohio's best shot, what was it, 2014, the, the second year of the playoff, and you're like, oh, shit, like this is actually happening. That's my worry when it comes to Wisconsin. Can mm. you actually close the deal? Because what we used to say, like, I mean, it's a completely different sport, but Jay Wright, Paul Christ, pre-national champion Jay Wright and Paul Christ, kind of in the same boat right now. Like, we know you have the tools to do it. 
can you actually close the deal? I say yes. I think I think they I think they win the Big Ten, but I I man, I don't know. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. Is Bob back? Yeah, you know, when I go away, I still listen to everything you guys say, you know? What do you think, Bob? Who's winning the national title? Uh, um, uh, I'm going to say Oregon. Okay. Big, because, big Ty Thompson guy over here. Yeah. Just because you guys haven't said, you guys said other teams. No, he was talking about Oregon for a while. Yeah. I put, I put he Oregon has Oregon winning the Pac-12. Oh, okay. Yeah, Oregon. It's been a while. They got got cool uniforms. Does does Clay Helton stay another year? I think it's still set up where, like, I mean, they should be the favorites. They have the most talent. They should. They should should win the South. Yes. Um, Uh, It's hilarious. It's it's legitimate. It legitimately cracks me up that we put this team. Like, there's so much. Like, everybody wants Clay Helton gone, and I'm just like, y'all. If he wins more than eight games, like, what are you going to fire him for? Well, no, USC is one of the, like, so this is interesting. So, and I promise this will be it on the college football minute. Like, the reason that USC <laughs> it's is... It's been more than a minute. I know, oh, I know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, like, I think, okay, USC, Texas, Bama, Florida, Georgia, and Miami, and probably Ohio State now in this category, too. They are allowed to have, like, just insane expectations. They are allowed to have ridiculous, preposterous, like, if you don't win 10 games, you're out expectations. Because the in-state recruiting is so lush with talent that being in the Southern California orbit and getting the kind of players that just walk into USC in your campus because of your geography, because of all of this, like, you not winning consistently at USC is unacceptable like it's just it's too good of a recruiting hotbed it's too easy to win there if you rec- like with the talent that is readily available that yes i think it should be a cutthroat coaching situation there where it's like no if you don't win 11 10 games every single year you're gone because there's no excuse like there's no excuse not to win double digit wins every year at usc at texas at oklahoma at Georgia at Florida at Miami because the talent level is so so strong and it's so easy because it's right there you don't even worry about locking down your state like it's just right there like it sells itself the brand is big enough that you are easily able to turn those programs around with the right coach and it's but if he's making Pac-12 championship games mm-hmm. and making the new year six which Spoiler alert, I think they do. Uh, actually, against Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, what are you, you going to fire the guy for? Not winning enough? Yes. I'll, okay, here's, here, here's my answer to that, though. Nebraska. Michigan. They're not Nebraska. It's USC. I'm, 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 no, I'm saying it, but you got rid of a guy because he wasn't winning enough. Because they're at Nebraska. You. They're not the same. You can't get kids from Southern California to go live in Nebraska. Recruiting at Nebraska uh, is hard. Tom, Tom, Tom Osborne did that. Like Chase, I know you're young. No, that was 90s. 30 years ago. So you're telling me that the whole Scott, like what Scott Frost was doing at Central Florida and trying to do it in Nebraska, it will not work. Kids, no. I 
look, I'm I'm not saying that you have to. Lock, I mean, you have to lock down your own state, of course. But yeah, Josh Heupel I'm, just came from UCF well, too. He's already made it a point. Like all they want to do is lock down the state of Tennessee. Jeremy Pruitt, one of his biggest downfalls is he talked crap about the state of Tennessee, and like coaches in the state did not like him because of like he didn't care because he's like, there's a bunch of three star, four stars here. Like I'm going big fish hunting. I'm going after the five stars, and none of them are in the state of Tennessee. Which, none of them well, are which, in the state which, of Nebraska. Which was his biggest mistake because literally. A lot of schools do that. Why do you think they have all this coach turnover? But no, I, if if Clay Helton goes to another Pac-12 championship game and say he loses to Oregon, who ends up, I think we you know we both have. I think all all of us have them in the playoff. No, I don't. Oh yeah, you don't. I you have don't Washington winning the Pac-12. Yeah, but if if he reaches another Pac-12 championship game. Unless you have the guy locked down, because remember, we've been through this before. Remember Cliff Kingsbury? He's got a very nice uh, home in Arizona. That's what he does. He does. Yeah, he does. It's, it's, it's The Florida ceiling windows are spectacular. I also wouldn't be surprised if Cliff Kingsbury is the next coach, because I think Graham Harrell's there, still their OC, and they already run the air raid. If he gets fired from Arizona, you could just transfer that over. Uh, here's my thing. Mm. Do you fire Cliff, though? Who? Arizona, yeah, their schedule's brutal. Like they're finishing last in that division. Like, well, it's not it's not their fault that the that the division decided to beef up when they did. Yeah. Um, like, not, hey, Arizona, you you just exist here. Yeah. Like, bad. who are you really picking them over? Stafford and the Rams, Wilson and the Seahawks, the Niners, healthy? Uh, like, no, like you're not. Yeah, all, all those. No, yeah. I'm sorry. I, San Francisco is. Look, if San Francisco is going to be playing Trey Lance halfway through the year, I'm not sure that their whole stranglehold on the division is secure. Uh, Seattle, like, beclowns itself every single year. Sean McKay is a fraud. Like, Arizona could absolutely steal Seahawks them. have literally only not won double digits once in Russell Winyer, Russell Winyer, Russell Wilson's tenure in Seattle. People who discount Seattle is one of the most baffling things. It's like, t- show me the year. It. They're going to finish They're going to finish 11-5. and five. Yeah, like... Absolutely. They will finish eleven and five or ten and six. I'm just saying. Yeah, Arizona. I think I think eleven wins wins that division. Yeah, I, I would say I would say eleven no, wins. The Rams, the Rams are frauds. Uh, San Francisco, like like I said, is going to try and jumpstart Trey Lance, the Trey Lance era. And while he looks very impressive and is is probably going to be a very fine quarterback, um, there will be growing pains. I'm saying yes, if Kyler Murray. Has a year of development gets better, and and spends you know there's a very there's a non-zero chance that Arizona could steal that division and Cliff Kingsbury will get another year there with his lovely um, open floor plan living room. Bob, what is your pick of the I'm week? I'm saying don't write off the Arizona Cardinals. I will. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's a fine story that just got published today at Business Insider by a. a, a a friend of mine, uh, Bradford William Davis, uh, who used to be at the New York Daily News, but is now his Business Insider, where he did some sleuthing to find out who rubbed out the words Black Lives Matter that Devin Williams uh, drew into the pitcher's mound last year during the protests. In any case, I won't give away what he uncovered in his investigation, but there's some quality sleuthing in that blog. Uh, and I will recommend it to everyone. There you go. There you go. Andrew, what about you? <sighs> Honestly, I just need some <laughs> fantasy football advice this year. 
Like I, I get, like where do you where do you go for your fantasy football? I here's the thing. Certainly I certainly no hate of what look like garbage websites. Promising I hate in my fantasy. I, so here's the thing. I hate fa- I hate the term fantasy football analyst. I hate it so much because basically you're just trying to guess as good as we are. Um, but then they'll say, oh yeah, well you know we kind of had a feeling this guy. No, you didn't. Shut up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, let me, I, let me just say this: Screw Matthew Barry and his two thousand word like heartwarming leads. Oh my God, him. Matthew Barry sucks. Screw him and his like morally compromised. I'm also shilling for DraftKings while writing for ESPN. Yes, see, like, see, no. that's the thing. When like, when when, do, when these fancy football analysts are like shilling for, oh yeah, you should definitely put money into this and that, and I'm just like, no, shut up, just go away. Um. Yeah, I'm basically just gonna be looking through because I generally do like a hundred to 150 uh, big board every year for drafts. And now that I'm in two leagues, I'm like, okay, I actually want to take this seriously. But I don't want to listen to like all these fantasy draft, like, like these fantasy football experts, because they're they aren't good. I mean, I suck at it, but look, I don't good or not, look. Chris Towers is a good dude. I yeah, I like Chris Towers. Dude. Chris Towers, a uh, follower of AM on Twitter. So, again, you know, Chris Towers is a good dude. I think Chris, I, think I like a lot you. Of, there are a lot of people who write about fantasy that, that are that are good and cool. I just think the whole thing, I mean, look, it, it's, it, it's just seem, the best ones, I think, make it very clear that they don't know Dick and they're taking their best guesses the same as all of us. But I like reading Chris. I don't like, I don't, I'm sorry, Matthew Berry. Sorry, I don't know you personally. You might be a lovely man, but like, if you want to write your heartwarming Mitch like album stories, like, just I'm gonna skip past them because I want to know who I should start and sit, and I don't care about your heartwarming stories. It is I find it incredibly self indulgent. That's my take. Fuck Matthew Barry. Fuck Matthew Barry. <laughs> oh and my his, goodness. Fuck Matthew Barry and his cameo in fucking Infinity Wars ass. That's, fuck Matthew Barry. Chris Thomas, you're cool. Yeah. Or Chris Towers, you're cool. Chris Towers, good. Well, Chris Thomas is also cool. That's my cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, like, so, so Chris you guys caught that, right? You guys caught that Matthew Barry shows up as an FBI agent. Yes. No, and I did not. Yes. Never saw oh, Infinity God. War. He talked about it on a podcast, and I was just like, oh, God, this is thing ever like i'm sorry that's bad casting i know he didn't have a line but or maybe he did he may have said something like hold on i forget but like some actor could have used that part like fuck you for giving that to matthew barry oh speaking of speaking of marvel movies and actors uh bob how excited are you about uh about willem dafoe making a return to the uh to the marvel have they brought back willem dafoe as the green goblin i haven't seen you haven't seen the trailer of course I've seen the trailer. I okay, saw both the trailer but, and, like, the grainy-ass TikTok leaked trailer hours did, before. Did you, I saw both but of them. Did you see the... Uh, There's a did, pumpkin bomb. That's, yeah. a, that's a false... That's a faux piece. That's a false path. That's no, trick, no, man. it's happening. It's happening. Look, you're getting Melina, and that's it. You're getting Melina, and you're getting... Uh, you're getting, you know, what's his name? Uh, Toby Maguire, and you're getting that other guy who was Andrew also... Garfield. Andrew Garfield, right? The best actor of the three. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. And it's not even close. It's no. not even particularly close. No, I don't think that's necessarily. I will true. say this: uh, the the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans are actually, to me, they're great. They're they're more dramatic 
than they They're should. Fine. The story with Emma Stone and him, they have natural chemistry. They were great. They no, they, they do. Well, they, weren't they dating at the time of one of the movies? Anyway, no, I actually like those better than the Tobey Maguire movies. But mm. I like Tobey. But yeah, Spider-Man three kind of, kind of, kind of brings everything down. I disagree. I saw that in theaters like twelve times. I was working in a movie theater in you? high school. Um, Two. That was my first job. I was like sixteen. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. It was okay, so good. The okay, dance. So, Remember the dance so. where he's like coming out of the place and he's dancing in the all black. That was like one of the most gif gifable. My, my just friend of mine has a, has actually has a, is is one plays one of the women who like looks back at Toby and goes, "Yeah, like what are you some kind of weirdo for dancing like that mm -hmm. on the street?" <laughs> my friend is in that movie for two. So friend, someone I I knew a, over a decade ago, has a brief cameo as woman who thinks Toby McGuire is weird dancing like that incredible and it's no it's not matthew bear it's not the friend that i'm referring to all right well we can follow bob on twitter at bob sayetta read him in the daily beast go subscribe to the daily beast if you've not already quality journalism over there also quality journalism at the detroit free press so go subscribe to the detroit free press and read andrew hammond and all the great writers at that very good newspaper in the detroit area we can follow Andrew on Twitter at Aham Free Press. We can also follow myself at Chase Dumbo underscore Thomas. But if you like listening to us, guess what? We do this every single Friday afternoon. The sports reporters we assemble Friday afternoon. Guys, I will talk to you next week. Alright, hello. It's Friday afternoon, so you know what that means. The Atlanta sports guys are reconvening, and that means you're probably sitting somewhere on 285, the interchange, somewhere in Buckhead, wherever in Atlanta, because they have decided that things are going to be bad, and things are going to be bad for a while as they reconstruct the, uh, the 285 interchange and all of that good stuff. So thankfully, you have the Atlanta sports guys to give you company while you sit in non-moving Atlanta traffic, where I am joined, as always, by Garrett Chapman of 99 The Game. Garrett, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm fantastic, man. Got high school football tonight. It's going to be a great evening. I'm looking forward to it. Funny you say that. Walter Nolan was on TV last night locally, so Maryville versus Powell was on in oh. the gym. Like It was incredible. I got my workout in, watched Powell, Maryville, Walter Nolan, future Noel, or future Noel, future Vol, <laughs> excuse me. Um, I hope that was not a Freudian slip there. Not future Noel. Who wants that? Um, but yes, oh, it was great. High school Even football the being guy doesn't believe he's going Okay, that's enough. Uh, also here, Max Markovich. Max, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good afternoon. I heard Walter Nolan was actually a little underwhelming in that game. Can you confirm that? He didn't do a lot. But also, Maryville is just a powerhouse. Like, I'm not looking... Maryville looks like a college when you're watching it on TV. Like, they're... Maryville, it just means more. The Southern schools, no, like Texas and everything else, but Tennessee, Maryville is like the, the creme de la creme in East number Tennessee. Number one player in the country, defensive tackle. I want to I see carnage. You want to see carnage? Well, especially if he's a defensive tackle, too, because those guys, they don't rely on anybody. They can just go in and just destroy people. Well, if you want to see Carnage, go watch uh, watch back Partview Mill Creek from the Quirky Kell last weekend because uh, my Partview Panthers got stomped in Mill Creek game. Oh, man. It's brutal. Oof. It's there, brutal. Some, there were a lot of blowouts in, in the uh, Quirky Kell. I was there on Thursday. I think I was telling mm -hmm. you guys this last – or Wednesday. Wednesday of last week. 
to the opening night, and both of those games turned into absolute blowouts. Who did, who was, was it? It was uh oh, let me think. It was uh, I know Maze was playing. Carver Carver Atlanta played um, West Forsyth, and West Forsyth just beat them. It, mm. They killed them. Um, oh, who played in that first game? It was Maze and somebody else. I can't remember the, that fourth team, but they they whooped them. They they absolutely killed them. Um, but no, I mean it's quirky kill, man. You never know what happens with those things. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I think a lot of teams that are just they're very good for their classification, but they just they're just outmatched uh, when they go play in that quirky kill classic. Wasn't Hoover in it? Hoover was. Hoover played North Gwinnett. I don't remember what was the outcome of that game. I don't. I, I'm not I sure, but I do remember that Hoover was in it, which was kind of funny. Rush Probst alum, which by the way, guys, I am so dang excited to watch that Netflix show tonight. On uh, have y'all seen this? What? Valdosta High School from last year. They did a whole documentary with Rush Probst in Valdosta no High way. School. Yes. Friday Night Lights feel. Like a whole thing. Week oh in, week my out. God. How did you how did you not send this in the group? I thought I did. <laughs> I posted it. I thought I did. Okay, maybe I didn't. But yeah, it's far it's Valdosta I forgot what it's called. Hold on, let me pull this up. What it's actually called. Oh, Hoover Hoover killed North Gwinnett. Oh, did they? 14. Oh yeah. Mm. Valdosta, let me see. Valdosta Netflix show. Y'all are gonna love this. It's gonna be so great. It's like Friday Night Lights. Oh, Title Town High is what it's called. Hell yes. Absolutely watching. <laughs> it's on Hell Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it's it comes out oh. today. Oh baby, let's go. Yeah, we should review it on the <laughs> podcast. Actually, we need to do, let's do that. Yes. Okay. God, let's... We could dedicate a whole episode to that. That'd be incredible. It's a sort of homework for next week. You know. I if y'all can swing it, I I'm absolutely here to do a title town high special podcast next week i'm in i'm absolutely in all right um well guys and it's funny the reason i brought up at the top of the show the 285 stuff have y'all read like y'all are still there like me being knocked so i'm pushed away these days but um i was reading like quotes from people in roswell and everything and they're like because i think they just approved like a huge huge addition to 285 and the the buckhead area and we we all know what 400 285 looks like and they just added a bunch but they were like yeah it's gonna be awful for two years so if you could avoid that avoid it like that was what they were saying (laughs) and i was like what does that even mean they're just like it's gonna be even worse oh oh well it's like it's like it's like when they say it's going to be awful like we thought the last 20 whatever years were awful Mm -hmm. like what 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 do you mean awful what is it what does that look like (laughs) Right. Like, I don't know how it could get worse. Like, that is just a notoriously horrendous situation. 400, you might as well just, like, ugh. Like, especially at that spot where 285 meets 400. Yeah, but that's where they're working on it. Well, because they have 400 that just – so, you know, when you're coming into – and you merge onto 400 north coming from uh, 285, I guess that'd be east, mm-hmm. and how they basically just – you just have to jut out there real quick. You only have, like, 25 feet to accelerate and get in. And it's 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 just terrible. It's it's so poorly constructed. I'm shocked that there aren't more accidents there. I mean, it's oh god. I, I think there are enough accidents on 400 and 285. Dude, I, my my rule for driving mm-hmm. in the city of Atlanta is stay off the triple digit highways. But how you can always do that? Do I agree do with that? you. You can't do that. Surface streets as best I can until I can't anymore. How like, how long is it going to take you to get to and from the airport uh, with side street? <laughs> I don't have to take. I don't have to get to from the airport with the triple digit highways though. That's the thing. I can take eighty five and seventy five, and I'm fine. Okay, that's fair. Because those are massive highways, and I mean they're just better constructed. True. 
There you go. There's our highway talk in Atlanta for, <laughs> for the Atlanta sports guys. We are the Atlanta sports guys, so we gotta be the, we gotta bring the Atlanta in, right? I mean, it's part of it. So when people complain about traffic in other areas, like I've heard someone say, "Yeah, the traffic was a little slow in Knoxville today," and I was like, "You're you, that's offensive. Like that's an offensive thing to say to me." Is like the traffic was bad in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm like, no, you moved a little bit slower than you're accustomed to. You were moving. You were moving. There's no standstill Knoxville traffic. Like even on Kingston, like you're still moving. Just not as fast as you would like. Atlanta, you're not moving for hours. Have you ever peed in a cup because you realized that you were not getting out of your car and not going to be able to maneuver off to an exit for at least an hour? Yeah. Done that. Been there. Done that. Multiple times. It's a horrible experience. Multiple times? This podcast. I I cannot say that I've ever done that. Yes. My whole life. Really? Twice. Maybe during the snowpocalypse of uh, 2013 or 2014. I bet there are a lot of people who did that. I mean, that's like TikTok. TikTok story times. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> what you got? What you got for us, Chase? <laughs> no, I mean, it was it was horrible. Like that was like when I called my mom, I remember the first time and I was like, mom, like I'm 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 in a lot of trouble here because there's a bad wreck and I'm looking on. I think it was still probably ways at the time. And I was looking at it. And I was like, mom, bad wreck, blood red, like hour and a half for me to get to her. And I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. And I'm in the middle lane. And she's like, hey, you got to do what you got to do. But that was like a whole thing where I was like, I. I was screwed. What'd you do with the bottle? Oh, I mean, obviously, when I got home, in the trash can. But, like, <laughs> okay, I didn't do... Put it in the trash can, like, full? Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. All this under things I never wanted to know about Chase Thomas. I <laughs> Well, now I don't, I gotta, I mean, I assume I did that, but I can't confirm or deny. I don't remember <laughs> if I dumped it out or not, but I remember putting it in the tray. I don't know. That's a good question. I'd have to go back and think about it. Let's run the tape. This is, this is sports, <laughs> huh? Uh, I don't even know how to transition out of this. Speaking of peeing in bottles. <laughs> Javion Hawkins. Speaking of peeing in bed. <laughs> Oh god, that's funny. Our favorite Javion Hawkins released this week by the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I'm not saying it was a direct shot at this very podcast from Falcons management, but I'm also not saying that it wasn't. Um, what do we what do we make about Hawkins going down, Garrett? See, I, I was actually a big fan of Javion Hawkins coming back. Um, I, I thought that if he was, but it's like at the end of the day, like this is a really early cut for him too, which means mm. that he just wasn't up to snuff you know or maybe he just it was just clearly that odd guy out and because I, I thought he was at least going to be a practice squad guy but look i mean I, somebody made this note on twitter uh basically that it was like if he was going to be a practice squad guy they would have cut him at the last cuts so clearly he was just not a part of this falcon team's future so um i'm a little disappointed because i saw some potential in the guy when i when i watched him play last year i just i'm a little disappointed uh but i mean Look, it is what it is, and this is the time for these tough, tough decisions for the coaching staff. Deontay Foreman making this roster, it looks like, is just baffling. Like, out of nowhere, street-free agent Deontay Foreman, former Texas legend in this group. Caleb Huntley still in the mix. Quadri Allison obviously is impressed. Um, it seems like he's going to get a, a lot of lot of opportunities. What a remade running back room, right, Max? Like, how long ago does it feel like we just had Ito Smith and um just the like our guy who oh what was his name mike hill well no what was it hill i'm already forget brian, brian hill. hill yeah the uh, number 23 oh, yeah, brian hill. 
I want to, you know, you know, I love a good conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I agree with everything Garrett just said. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but does it not ring any alarm bells that the Titans claimed him off waivers? The Titans, the Tennessee Titans, who Arthur Smith used to coach, who we traded Julio to, who he clearly has a relationship with, um, claiming a guy who was like among the first cuts from the Falcons, like. I, I mean, I, I was a guy, I was sort of sounding the alarm on JV and Hawkins on this podcast, like, hey guys, you know, probably not a shoe-in that this undrafted free agent um, rookie running back makes the roster, but it is interesting that they, they claimed him, and that we didn't even make an effort, sort of, to get him on the practice squad, and I don't well, know. Well, he's got clear waivers for him to hit the, hit, so it's like everybody gets cut, and then it's like everyone has, it's like a free-for-all to go see who is who clears waivers and who doesn't. And if they clear waivers, then it's like, fine, you can stick on the practice squad. But, um, but it has but seemed kind of weird that it's like the Titans seem to be. But wasn't he claimed on waivers? And usually teams make those decisions around the fringes of their rosters, like when other teams make their final cuts, right? Like Because those are the guys who are closer to making the team, presumably. I guess. I don't really know the running back situation in Tennessee behind Derrick Henry. I mean, obviously, everyone knows Derrick Henry. I mean, it, I mean, shit, he's Derrick Henry. <laughs> 2,000 yards, 17 touchdowns last year. But I don't know who their backup back is. So I guess they have a competition for that position. Well, I mean, it might be. Know. Do you know who else it is? Old friend Brian Hill. No You're way. kidding. Yes, You're Brian Hill so is also God. in this running back room. Why are the Titans and the Falcons so inexplicably linked with all these freaking players? It's, just, it's so weird. <laughs> it's so strange. Just like the past year. Yeah, I mean, I guess going back to the running back room, I, I never thought it was a shoe in that Javon Hawkins was going to make the roster. I mean, I did I did think he was interesting. I can't say I've watched every snap of preseason, so I don't have a formed opinion on, on you know, who's going to be the third, fourth, fifth running back, whatever. Um, but it did seem like Caleb Hundley was making an impression, and I think you're certainly not going to keep two undrafted rookie free agent running backs, right? Um, and so if, if it was as simple as they liked Huntley more than... Um, then Hawkins, then I guess it would make sense to cut Hawkins early, do him a solid, put in a call with the Titans and say, this guy's got some talent. You might want to check him out, get him on your practice squad. But, like, it feels unnecessary. Like, I don't know. It just feels weird. Well, I mean, once you get onto the team, I feel like it doesn't really matter where you're – well, to an extent, to an extent. It doesn't really matter where you were drafted or if you were drafted at all. Um, I think that's one of the cool things that I've, I learned from watching a lot of the Hard Knocks uh, documentaries past couple of years. It's like once you get there, unless you're Kyle Pitts or they've invested like a top four draft pick in you, they don't really give a shit. Like once once you're on the field and practicing and playing, then it's a coach's world and he can do whatever the hell he wants. Um, yeah, I mean, in particularly particularly with a new staff and a new um, yeah. GM and like they don't they don't care what no, I mean, Allison's exactly. status was or anything like that. Who gives? Who cares? Who cares? I mean, so it's like. But I feel like the preseason, as far as the games are concerned, we haven't really seen all that much. I mean, I've watched a enough of preseason to know that it's like I, I can't really gather anything from this offense um i was more interested to see the defense and see the way they line up and see the way they they attack the the, uh, the opposing teams but and i think they've done that exceptionally well and that just bodes well for this defense with dmps at the helm um but then you flip around but this this running back i mean i really haven't seen anything at all um the foreman was getting a lot of the carries in in uh the second game and hopefully apparently i was just like tory mcelhaney just tweeted that we are pretty much on starter watch at this point uh we might actually be able to see some of the the actual people who are playing on sundays for us um so that's really something we need to keep an eye out for on sunday gosh you know it'd be we know it'd be incredible is if we could ever watch kyle pitts play football i wonder does he act uh, he straps on pads he takes some pictures and and then what (laughs) 
It's it's absurd, man. It kills me. He's following the Julio regiment. Hey, oh, I don't know about on. that. Don't I, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. Mm. I don't know if Julio is actually. Well, he I, he he did some drills for the Titans. I don't know if he's actually practiced outside of that. Yeah, I'm not worried about Kyle Pitts. He's the least of my concerns. Like I am no, not... no, I, I just I literally just want to. I just want to see him play. play football. Yeah, before well, the Eagles game. Well, didn't Arthur Smith say this week that everybody's going to play Sunday night? He said he said anybody he could play. Okay. Let me actually. I'm going to go pull up this exact quote. Hold on. He made it sound like everyone's on the table. He did. He did make it seem like it, like the starters would play an undisclosed amount. He said, and that quote, probably included Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. He said, quote, the majority of these guys will play on Sunday. So take that for what you will. Okay. Um, your final preseason looks. What are, you, what are you looking for, Max, with this final preseason matchup before we kick off the regular season? I'm, I mean, if the starters are going to play, I'm looking for some sort of coherence, right? I mean, it's, it's. I think we're probably pretty bullish on the offense, like short term and long term. I think at least I, I'm pretty bullish on the offense. But like, it would be nice to. It is still a new, a new scheme. Um, it is a lot of new guys, um, and I would like to see some evidence that it's clicking. I, I don't. I mean, we we haven't really seen anything. I guess is what I'm saying. So it's like. Everything's brand new, and I'd like some evidence that this offense that I think has the talent to be pretty darn good right away um, has some some backbone behind it. Um, I mean, other than that, you're you're looking at the offensive line, of course, because I think as we've discussed, sort of ad nauseum, that's the key here um, is is whether that group can gel, um, and you know whether Matt Ryan has has sort of picked this up seamlessly. I think there was some there was some thought that when Arthur Smith was hired it would sort of be like a reversion to the Kyle Shanahan type of scheme that Matt Ryan obviously won MVP with. Um, and, you know, I'm not expecting that this year, obviously, but if, if it is more familiar to him than uh, any of the other number of schemes that he's played in his career with any number of the offensive coordinators, um, then that's something that I'm, I'm hoping he can pick up pretty quickly. So I guess, I guess just in the last preseason game i'm looking at the offense and just like i know they're not going to game plan they're not going to like put in a whole um you know preset uh plays or anything like that but i just want to see some sort of coherence i guess garrett what about you absolutely i mean the offensive line it starts and stops with them on the offensive side because i mean we know what russell gage and calvin ridley and and we know what kyle pitts is going to be and matt ryan i mean we i mean that's i'm not terribly concerned about those guys i kind of want to see josh rosen I don't know why. Please I just, stop I'm, this. I can't. I'm fascinated anymore. with the idea of Josh Rosen. I, I really There's no reason I would to be. love to have a Josh Rosen discussion. <laughs> no, but seriously, when when Josh Rosen was coming out, I saw his ceiling as a Matt Ryan prototype. I don't know why I saw that comparison. Um, now, obviously, like the, as far as like the mental game of of what Matt Ryan is versus Josh Rosen, I, that I, I have no idea because I'm not in and around Josh Rosen. But I see what Matt Ryan does and the way he interacts with his teammates. Uh, now he just sort of dominates a, a locker room. But um, as far as the physical traits were concerned, I saw a lot of Matt Ryan in Josh Rosen. So why not bring him into Atlanta, you know? I mean, take a flyer on him. If you cut him, you cut him. Who cares? Matt Ryan is, I mean, quite possibly the best starting quarterback to have over a guy who's probably not going to play too much. I mean, I think a backup quarterback has only started three games in Matt Ryan's career. So uh, who cares? He's going to stay on the bench for the majority of the season. But I don't know. I don't want to see what he can do. Um, but on the deep defensive side, I'm, I'm looking at the secondary. I want to see what A.J. Terrell can do and who's going to start on the other side. If it's Isaiah Oliver or Fabian Moreo, um, I want to see if uh, Richie Grant can come out and make some plays again. I mean, 
the secondary is very important for this Falcons team because I mean, like, look, they're young and they're inexperienced at certain a lot of positions and a lot of new faces. So uh, that's really something I want to see what Team P's can do with this defense. Hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. We'll see. I'm just excited for actual, actual regular season Falcons football. Um, there yeah. was a oh, but Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is is looking to start apparently. Baker Mayfield. Jalen Mayfield. Oh, Baker, because we're playing the. Uh, oh, okay. Like, the okay, yes. Okay, there you go. Playing, I was like, Baker Mayfield. What are we talking about now? Okay. <laughs> um, speaking of, just I, I'm looking for an offensive line that doesn't scare me beyond. Um, with I don't want a Willie Beavers in my starting offensive line group. That that's something I don't want. Um, the best infield in Braves history. There's a piece in Sports Talk ATL about this. Um, when you saw this, Garrett, your immediate reaction. Yes. Oh. And well, could be. I mean, okay. why not? I mean, look, this is the first time we've had a shortstop hit more than 25 home runs. You have uh, Ozzie Albies on the other side. Who's, who's This is the best duo uh, on the, at the, the middle of the infield, not to mention the fact that we have Freddie Freeman, who's a perennial MVP candidate, and Austin Riley, who looks like a like a damn MVP candidate this year. Mm. I mean, we have we have four infield – all four of our infielders have a chance to hit 30-plus home runs. Yeah. that That is incredible. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who else would really compete with this this group. I mean, like, of course, the Braves have had plenty of fantastic infields. I was um, I was always partial to the Chipper, Raphael for Call, Marcus Giles, yeah. Yeah, and um, Adam LaRoche over there on that yeah. first base. I mean, like, it's, it's a good group, but I think this group has more potential. And add in the fact that three of the four are under the age of twenty five or twenty six, that's pretty damn cool so yeah uh, I, I think the potential is very high for this group they they certainly can stick together for the foreseeable future um just give freddie a damn contract and i'll feel a little bit better but i mean yeah i, I don't see why they wouldn't be we'll see we'll see max what do you think yeah i don't know about best ever but this is sort of the backbone of of all of this right now i mean no one all all four of those guys freddie ozzy dansby and and austin riley have, have played uh, at least 124 games no one else on the team has played more than no no one else in the lineup sorry has played more than 100 they all have over 500 plate appearances no one else has over 350 i think um they all have an ops plus above 100 i mean that that's that's the core of the lineup right now and that's that's sort of driving everything and it's it's kind of funny in hindsight that we were i mean we were (laughs) i don't know if we were panicked per se about freddie but all of that that angst or whatever he's about to put up a completely vintage freddy season the um, worry with freddy is yeah. paying freddy that's my concern yeah well, well it was also freddy adding in the fact that the, the team just wasn't really playing well as a whole and then it was just and it was like oh is it all on freddy or whatever and there was just so many storylines and everything was just kind of crazy we were just sort of the sky is falling situation yeah there's one thing i know about major league baseball it's that one player changes everything like that's why shohei otani and mike trout have won multiple multiple world series rings um in los angeles it's because one player affects everything oh god <laughs> now, we give shohei, i mean i mean come on mike best player in baseball trout, not gonna be in the playoffs again uh, are they that far out yeah they're done what is they're point? like 500 maybe a game or two below i think yeah they're not making the playoffs have you seen that rotation they stink. Yeah, it's yeah. They're not making playoffs again. It's just fantastic for baseball. Yeah, it's, God, it's a great 13 look. Thirteen games back behind the Mariners too. Mariners are actually quietly having a good season. 
Also, can we talk about the fact that the mm-hmm. Atlanta Braves haven't won a game since Sunday? I saw Mark Bowman had tweeted this. The Atlanta Braves haven't won a game since Sunday and still gained gained a game a half game on both <laughs> um, the Phillies and on on the Mets. How incredible that's is that? The, that's the NL East. <laughs> Nobody wants to win this division. It's a, it's no, a the beautiful Braves thing. Do. That's it. <laughs> I guess the Braves do. That is correct. Um, last thing, and we'll talk Hawks quickly here, guys. Um, ranked third in the Eastern Conference Power Rankings per NBA.com. Does that feel about right to you, Garrett? Yeah, I, I think somebody posted a uh, like a win loss prediction, mm-hmm. and I, I think I pl- I plug them like maybe like fifty two to fifty four wins maybe next year, um, just because I think that's appropriate, and I think that's going to stick them right around that three or four seed in the in the Eastern Conference. I mean, whether or not they make that. Uh, I don't know because you have the the Nets who are quite possible. I mean, they're they're they have the stars to the talent. Obviously, they're the best team in the Eastern Conference if all they're healthy. Um, but at the same time, I don't know how many of those guys are necessarily going to play full minutes during the regular season. Because look, I mean, why would they? Because they have their sights set on the on an NBA Finals, not a number one seed in the Eastern Conference. So they could. I mean, the Hawks could surprise some folks and win the Eastern Conference next year, but only because. But are are they better than the Nets? No. Um, I don't think they are necessarily, but third sounds pretty good for me right now. I like that. I might be a little bit higher because who finished first? It was the Sixers. Like they, they're extremely volatile. Like I have no idea. Like if they trade Ben Simmons, like we have to recalibrate everything. Joel and Beats help. That's a big thing. Like I, the Sixers are. I don't know. They, I could well, see it's fourth. New, that's what I'm saying. Like if they it's fall down, the Bucks, you have the defending champions at two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and in the Nets, we don't know how many games they play. Like, we don't know what the health of KD, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant will be like next year. They're legit. They're the favorites. Like, if they're healthy, they're winning the NBA title. But, like, if they're not, things are, which is a possibility. We just saw it with LA last year. Um, Milwaukee coming back from winning, winning the title. But they only won five more games than the Hawks in the regular season last year. It's not like they they blew everyone out of the water like they had done the previous two years under Bud. Um, And then you're like, the Hawks should be better than the Knicks. The wild card to me of who could could pass them and who the Hawks finished in front of last year is the Heat. The Heat are the wild card where, like, they're going to play a bunch of vets. Kyle Lowry's addition is going to be good for them. Lowry, Adebayo, P.J. Tucker, Jimmy... I, like they're gonna win. I I feel like a lot of regular season games. I could be wrong. I'm I'm out on the Heat. Oh, I'm, I'm just gonna get ahead. I'm gonna get ahead of that. I think they're way over. I've seen a lot of a lot of stuff preseason. I, I don't even know for. I guess we are preseason at this point. But with the Heat, is sort of in that if not one A tier, one B tier in the East with like Philly and then the Hawks below that. I think that's ridiculous. I don't. I don't. I don't love this Heat roster. I don't think. I don't know. Their their title run was a little fluky, but you know whatever. We can say the same thing about the Hawks, I guess. And I just think that roster is like kind of aging. I don't think PJ Tucker is useful at all anymore. And I don't know if paying Kyle Lowry is really going to fix much of of what was a problem for them last year. I know Chase, you're all over the Heat, and you thought they were going to sweep the Hawks and yada yada yada. yada. <laughs> but um, as for the Hawks, I think I think third is right. I don't think you can put the Sixers above them right now. If the Sixers traded Ben Simmons for Dame Lillard tomorrow, then, yeah, we could have that discussion, but that hasn't happened. Um, and, and, you know, you can only sort of evaluate it based on what's on paper. And if the Nets are healthy, they probably win the title, If and the Bucks did win the title. So you can't put the Hawks above either of those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, did, I saw something on Twitter this week I thought was interesting, um, the question of, of whether 
um, the which team is better right now, the Hawks or the Warriors? Oh, and I don't know my answer. I would say the Hawks. I would say two. I, I think I would too, but that's crazy because like I don't really? know. I I, well, I I healthy clay. Healthy clay, all those all those young guys. A few of them are gonna hit. Draymond, you know, fully engaged with, with. I mean, that's a series I would love to see more than anything. That would be so that much fun. Because they're ident- they're very sick. similar teams. That, that would be a lot of fun. I think obviously the Hawks are they have more depth. So I would I think in a seven game series I would say the Hawks would win. So yeah, I'm gonna go Hawks. Maybe Hawks in like six. That would be just looks like Millsap might end up depth. in Golden State too. By the way. Ooh, I like that actually. That's a good fit for him, actually. I, I like that. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I would like to. I would like to see it. Speaking of other things, I would like to see the Hawks on Christmas Day at noon against the Knicks. I'm, I'm just. I am overjoyed at the number of national TV Trey's games. Trey's score eighty-five points. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, have you have you guys seen all this stuff with these Knicks podcasts and everything? That was another thing I just saw on Twitter before we hopped on here. Uh, I just tweeted. I just like re- quote tweeted it. Just just with the the Trey Young shushing they give or whatever. But dude, <laughs> these guys are so upset about the Hawks and the way that they the, they, the, the Hawks just live rent free in a lot of these Knicks fans' heads. It's just absolutely comical at this point. They won one playoff game and stormed the streets of New York, chanting, "We want Brooklyn!" Like, get out of here. And then they add Kimba Walker and, and think that they're gonna like they're all of a sudden like championship contenders what are you talking about man i mean the, the hawks beat you in five games and embarrassed you i i just i don't understand where they get all this cockiness from except for the the fact that they are the self-proclaimed mecca of basketball yeah it's neither here nor there though i don't feel any type of way <laughs> garrett we can follow you on twitter at gchab atl <laughs> max yes, sir. we can follow you at max underscore markovich we'll be back Next Friday, as we are every single Friday afternoon, the Atlanta Sports Guys. It's one of our what, what, a very delightful thing, and we'll be doing Titletown High next week too. I I am just I'm here for Titletown High. I I cannot wait for tonight. I'm also going to a high school football game tonight, so I'm excited about that as well. Um, guys, enjoy the Atlanta traffic, specifically Garrett. I would drive talk to Roswell. Oh 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 no! Oh no! It's great. Blessed Trinity and Maris tonight. There you go. Okay. It's going to be a great football game, though. There you go. <laughs> the battle of the private oh, yeah. schools. All right. Garrett, oh, yeah. Max. I'm a private school kid. Wait, we, we know. Garrett, Max, <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> what the hell is that supposed to mean? Oh, I love it. <laughs> I just want to be a dick to wrap up. <laughs> <laughs>